Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone. My name's Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stead. And we are talking CZW Cage to the End. You like that name? Yeah, good. Uh, we did this in the Ch Champ Soccer Arena, Sewell, New Jersey. You know this arena by now, the one with the cage all around. Uh, June 10th, year 2000. Uh, and the show begins in absolute chaos. We've never had a beginning like this where like it's joined like a match in progress. Yeah, it was weird. I, it immediately made me feel bad. I was, <laughs> I was immediately worried. Yeah, I was like, oh, also over two hours? This, this yeah. should all be great. Uh, so yeah, Justice Payne and Justin Case are running into a match. You don't even know who's in the matchup. They lay out Rick Blade and then drag Trent Acid on top of him for a big win. Uh, and apparently this is Trent Acid winning the junior heavyweight title, I think. Yeah, I guess it's like pre-show. The belts are so confusing in this thing, man. This yeah, it didn't even look like it was in the same stadium, though. Like, it was weird. I was like, what is happening here? I think it might have been from the day before or something. Like okay. I, it almost said like a house show or something, but they yeah. never make it clear. Um, so yeah, and then Acid is like thanking Hate Club for giving him the win, and then they fuck up Trent Acid too, uh, and then they keep the beatdown going on Blade. Max Mac begins a promo. It's just impossible to understand. The audio is just right back to being the worst ever. Uh, also, I saw uh, Wife Beater actually has a Hate Club shirt for a first, and it says membership has its privileges. I'm like, wow, what a what a slogan. Yeah, that's good. they'll be coming after the stonemasons next. <laughs> and then they stand around forever waiting for the microphone to work because it just dies. And then it does. No one understands what Justice Payne says. And eventually they leave. The douchebag announcer, Ed O'Mac, apparently is his name. Uh, Ed O'Mac? Yeah, he's just like a Shane McMahon stan, I guess. Uh, Shane o completely taking it from Shane O'Mac. And then we get our cut, and the show just restarts normally as if none of that ever happened. Uh, we get the two announcers, the regular straight man, and then Ed O'Mac to run down the card. And the audio is just right back to the shits. I can't even understand what they're saying. No, it's so, it's so bad. Like, I don't know how they, it varies <laughs> yeah. so violently between uh, episodes. Just do what worked on the one that worked. Yeah, just use those again. <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. Also, once again, no bar in sight. So I guess that was just a one and done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and then right away, I noticed for the second show ever in the 21 episodes we've done, we have a commentary track. I know. I was very, I was really excited, actually, because it does make up for bad audio, to be fair, because you can hear... The, and the, their audio's not shit. No, you thankfully. Can, you yeah. can understand that. Imagine they just sounded like the rest of Yeah, I'd just <laughs> turn it off and quit the podcast, I think. But no, it was like... That makes up for the bad audio, actually, to be fair, because the audio is dog shit again. But the commentary, you can hear them, and uh, I was very excited. I don't think you realize how much wrestling needs commentary until you've watched a lot of wrestling without it. Until you've watched, what, 19 shows? Yeah, a lot. Nine, yeah, like almost. Oh, man, <laughs> we spent like a full day and a half watching <laughs> CZW now. So Nick Burke is introduced first as uh, the entire softcore connection come down at Minus Tie Street, which, oh no, no, he was there at the beginning. Uh, and they come out to the Midnight Express music, which I think is just hilarious. They just decided to take a tag team's music that already existed. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then Nick Gage enters with his own belt. And I'm like, huh? This is the start of like not knowing who's got what belt and why. We later would find out that Nick Gage and Zandig won the Big Japan Wrestling Tag Team titles. 
Uh, so I guess this is one of those belts, but it just made no sense. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of talk of Japan again as well in this episode. And we get our tables match: Nick Burke versus Nick Gage. Uh, and I was sort of excited for this one. I yeah, say. yeah, me too. Right away, they kick out Hartog, uh, and he just sort of, <laughs> he like saunters to the back looking depressed, you know? Like the guy who wasn't allowed in the gangbang is like, sorry, you're too fat and you gotta go. He's quietly seething, planning though. <laughs> yeah, and then Dewey Donovan takes over ref duties, and that's when you realize like this doesn't really matter because it's a tables match, you know? Uh, and Gage starts fast. The crowd is just super hot in a way that they just haven't been in the past. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're definitely way more into it than they have been in the previous few shows. Mm-hmm. And they're just not, like, insulting them or there to, like, shit on people. They actually not yet, seem to no. be into it. Yeah. Um, and Gage, count- uh, Gage counters a bulldog with this sloppy face buster to start, rips Nick Burke's shirt off and just starts chopping the shit out of him. Burke then ducks a roaring elbow, hits a move that lands in this weird submission, and the commentators are like, could this be it? Will Nick Gage quit? And I'm like, it's a tables match, so we don't have the best commentary at the gate, but hey, it is commentary. They're triers, and they're, I think they're actually quite funny at points as well. Yeah, yeah, they do have, so I did get their names, it's Hitman John House as your babyface announcer, and then uh, Ed O'Mac, or Ed O'Gould, or I forget what he gave his name as, is our heel announcer. Yeah. Which makes sense, because he's sort of like a soft, like, uh, hate club member. He's always out with hate club. Uh, and also, I just love the guy takes the name Hitman. Like, Bret Hart isn't still yeah. actively wrestling <laughs> at this yeah. point. I'm like, you can't just take a nickname. Yeah, Stone Cold John Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. But he, I guess he can, so no one ever called him on it. Uh, they tumble outside the ring. Gage just crushes Burke with a chair shot to the head. Then lifts it up, and you can tell that Ty Street is, like, meant to grab the chair from his hands, but he's just not there quick enough. So Gage just winds up and smokes him with a second chair <laughs> yeah. to the head. And then they redo the spot, and he goes for a third, and that's when Ty takes it away. Uh, but uh, Burke's just got to be concussed. These were, like, disgusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. In ring, Burke reaches into his pants, and he makes, like, a big deal of it. Like, I'm sure if you looked over his shoulder, you could see his dick. And he pulls, a, <laughs> he pulls a chain out and wraps it around his fist and starts beating Gage. Apparently, the commentator said this is a reference to some 80s wrestler that Nick Burke loves that always used a chain. Yeah, they're like, oh, this guy used it, this guy used it. But yeah, he's definitely not softcore anymore. I mean, mm. long gone are the days where he's wearing an ultraviolet t-shirt. Yeah, they're just hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just, just use weapons constantly. They come out with chairs. Uh, he runs at Gage after hitting him like four times on the head with his chair, and Gage just catches him in a power bomb and then hits a frog splash. Uh, a problem I had with this whole card is no one sells, man. Like, even when I'm reading my own breakdowns of the thing, it'll just go from one guy wrestling, and then oh, he hits a huge move, and then the other yeah. guy's on offense. <laughs> like, there's no selling at all. Uh, the backseat boys run in. Johnny Cashmere, the newest member, of course. Uh, and immediately, both of them are knocked out by Gage, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. And then Gage hits a chair shot, and Burke, like, no-sells it and powers up. Uh, all of Softcore start beating up Gage near the back offices. They go out all the way to, to those same office buildings we always see them climb up. Burke climbs up top, and then Gage starts fighting back, and he's taking all the Softcore guys out one by one. They've actually I, followed them this time as well. The cameras followed them there, which is you can actually see what's happening. It's way better, yeah. yeah typically, yeah. this is the hard camera, and we can see from the we very back see, corner. Yeah, just two ants going at it. But no, this time they're actually there, and it looks pretty high, to be fair. Yeah, it looks like you wouldn't want to fall off. No, thing. yeah, 100%. <laughs> I hope neither of them fall off. <laughs> so, Burke gets up there, and I almost feel like he went up too early, because Gage has all these spots planned with the softcore guys, 
And Burke, for like a good two, three minutes, is just staring down at them, like b- watching Gage fuck these guys up. Yeah, it's like, he's, you know, he's seen him beat up his minions and waiting for him to come to the boss. So Gage fucks up all three minions, then sets up two <laughs> tables. This is like forever. And then he finally climbs on top and a fight begins. Uh, Nick Burke goes for a Death Valley driver, but Gage slips off and then does this wildly dangerous powerbomb. Just lets go of the guy, <laughs> Kevin <It's> Nash so style. <laughs> and Burke just crashes through this table, like, brutally. It's so sick, man. It was... I was like, this... Like, we've, I think this is the best opening match they've had ever. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's come from a match involving Nick... The turnaround on the Softcore Connection from the Comics in the Combat Zone podcast has mm-hmm. been immense because, like, I'm fully on board with them now, 100%. Totally. Like, they cr- they killed the Cash Marino team that we hated. Yeah. They threw in Trent Acid, who we like. And yeah. now Nick Burke's having good matches all of a sudden. It I know, is, yeah. It is crazy. Uh, this thing went 11 minutes and 41 seconds. And then out of nowhere, Wife Beater is just on the building already. <laughs> so he just comes out of nowhere. He disappears. Yeah, it's like the guy from It Follows. I guess he's just been walking around the entire time. Yeah, and he just does this sit-out power, sit-out bomb on Nick Gage, oh, and he doesn't even just throw him off the building. He jumps with him. It's so sick. As it's, they both go through the second table. It's so cool, man. It's so good. I was like, holy moly. Like, I'd forgotten all about the bad intro. I was just like... This is this is CZ fucking W, baby. This was a great start, I will say. The doctors are checking on Burke as he gets a neck brace. And because <laughs> it's, it's CZW, you're like, this could be for show or he could be actually just grievously injured. Both. The powerbomb <laughs> looked awful. Like, it really did. Yeah, it did. And it's funny because the cameraman's watching Burke and then he just starts hearing this commotion in the ring and he just walks away from the scene <laughs> yeah. and goes to the ring and the hate club are back in the ring and they're promoing. Uh, you can't understand a word from Smack Mac, but you can hear the entire crowd chanting, you fat fuck at him. Uh, one thing I did notice is he, Smack Mac's like harassing some woman from the ring and like just cro- like thrusting at her. Uh, it's really weird. Yeah, it's not, you know, it can't all be perfect just yet. You know, we've got to save some of those big stars for when they're finally not misogynistic. And the commentary even says Max Mac is yelling at the sound guy because he realizes how shit the audio is. Yeah, it's pretty funny. The commentators are pretty funny and they do make up for the bad audio because the audio is like... As well, bad it's, as it's ever been. Yeah, so, like, you can't hear anything. Like, he sounds like a deep-fried meme when he's doing his promo, like, just <laughs> blowing out the mic. And I think it's just like... He's shouting a bit, but he's not speaking. He's not yelling. He's, or it's screaming. just his tone of voice. He just has yeah. a gravelly tone of voice. Uh, and then they all leave as order is regained, and then music hits, and we get Leatherboy John Dahmer and Diablos Macabre. No Natasha. So these are this is the new team, I guess. They, he, he like power bombed her or something last week, was it? Uh, like, he, no, he spine busted her. Yeah. Oh, his right. Patented sorry. Spine busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the commentaries that the music for the next guy starts playing, and the commentary is like, "This music can only mean one thing." And I can swear it's brand new music. <laughs> but, but it's Gabriel Knight, of course. Uh, and he comes out with a bottle of champagne. And I think he had this idea that would look cool. Like he tried to spray the guys in the ring. And because it's champagne, it just went everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts pouring the champagne on his own head. So I'm like, what kind of insult was this? I don't know. Uh, we get Gabriel Knight versus John Dahmer. Uh, a match that no one was asking for. Uh, Dahmer attacks uh, upon entrance, but Gabe just fights him off right away and then super kicks Diablo, who's still in the ring for some reason. He hits this huge clothesline on Dahmer. Dahmer almost does like a backflip here. Uh, and then he follows with a perfect plex and with a bridge into a near fall. Goes for another super kick, but Dahmer just catches his foot and kicks him in the dick. And the ref's like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Dahmer hangs Gabriel up on the top rope, then hits a flying elbow off. And Diablo, he throws him outside after, and Diablo's just attacking him outside. 
Like, again, right in front of the ref. The ref is just not giving a fuck about any of this. It's not even Dewey Donovan. And then Gabriel back in the ring hits a neckbreaker for a near fall. Immediately, he just gets back up and he's hit with an exploder suplex from Dahmer. And then Gabe no-sells it and hits his own sidewalk slam, like, brain buster thing of his own. It felt like he was trying to lift him above his head and Dahmer yeah. was just too big. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he almost drops him on his neck. Um, and this th- match is over at three minutes and ten seconds. So finally, Gabriel Knight gets, like, a moment of not getting his ass kicked and looking like a loser. Yeah, no, it's just that he should have saved the champagne for after this, I think. I have written here, it's a bad match with no momentum, but at least it was only three minutes and ten seconds. I I thought it was okay. Like, yeah. I thought for Dharma, the, the Dharma scale, on the Dharma spectrum, it's probably one of his highlights. Yeah, that, to be fair, I mean, the finishing move did look cool because he almost got injured. And it was only three minutes, so <laughs> yeah, that, that does a lot for its quality. And then both guys are double teaming Gabe as the bell rings like crazy. And I'm like, are they like leading for a Natasha save or is someone else going to come team up with Gabriel Knight? And then no, Natasha appears and she just goes to lay on Gabe to like stop the beat down. So Dahmer pulls her up by her hair like he's going to attack her. And then she kicks him in the dick and hits a DDT and starts shaking her ass. And the crowd's just, they love this. Yeah, they're in delirium. This (laughs) is, this is anarchy. This is huge. Yeah, this is. It's one thing to objectify a woman against her will, but when she does it herself, that's. Oh yeah, 100%. This is like the reverse 9-11 for these guys. (laughs) That's exactly what this was. (laughs) And Dahmer gets control and then starts chopping her like Ric Flair style (laughs) in the corner. And that's when Pastor Jim comes out. If you remember this pastor, they just keep bringing out here. And I was like, is this guy going to be the new manager of Dahmer and Diablo? Because that's just a terrible faction I don't want to see. Uh, they leave Natasha as Dahmer and Diablo listen to this promo that we just can't hear. And yeah. he says something that offends them. So Dahmer and Diablo just attack uh, <laughs> attack Pastor Phil, or whatever, Pastor Jim, sorry, and then brutally slam him. Uh, it looks like he lands on his neck almost, almost like he got injured here. Because he, he, he was laid out. I don't know if he was selling, but it looked awful. Uh, and Gabriel Knight chases the heels away as Pastor Jim gets this, like, baby face exit, like, it's <laughs> like, oh, I hope he's okay, and like <laughs> yeah. he's walked to the back, and I'm like, we only know this guy is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, definitely, he's been trying to destroy CZW. So yeah, very strange. So once again, there's few cuts so far. The announcer just regains the semblance of the match and says the next one is for the CZW tag team titles. Uh, the soft core music hits once again, and you're gonna hear this music over and over. So I hope you like it. Which I, I do. do. I do yeah, actually. I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they have this funny entrance where Kashmir comes out, like posing with his shoulder up, and then Acid comes out and like stands under him. Uh, the, these two do have chemistry, Acid and Kashmir. Like you yeah. can tell they're friends in real life. Yeah, and you can tell that they've um, like been wrestling for a while together as a team. Like I think they made the right call bringing the backseat boys into CZW. Totally, and and kicking Robbie Marino out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Haas Bros come music hits, and then only Russ Haas comes out. And again, because we can't listen to the microphones and commentary didn't bother filling us in, uh, we just have to assume that Charlie's like injured or missed a flight or something. And Russ is like, I don't care. I'll take you both on and put the titles on the line, which I don't know why he'd do that. And then Trent Acid's like, okay, but also Hard Talk, get out of here. Dewey Donovan's going to (laughs) referee again. So by this point, you're like, like, what the fuck is this? These guys can just choose the referee who's also their buddy, who's also a wrestler. Like, it is pretty dumb. Yeah, it is. Uh, and we get Russ Haas. I don't know if it was meant to be a handicap match or just Russ versus Johnny. Because, like, tr- eventually Trent Acid would get involved. But at first, he's not on the apron. It just seems like a singles match. It was really strange. Um, and, like, they say Trent Acid's in the match. But, that, again, it just starts with two. Uh, the heels cheat immediately. And then they start double teaming. And 
they get in the ring and start doing double teams. But again, I wonder if they're in the match because Dewey is like pretending to look away yeah, and get distracted. So I don't know if they knew actually. Yeah, it's for, I don't know if it was meant to be a singles and he was like, I'll do. I don't know. It's, it is odd. Like I don't think. I mean, they put the titles on the line, mm-hmm. so they must have thought. I don't know. I I genuinely can't tell with CZW whether it was like meant to do this or do that. Like, I'm just happy I know what titles are on the line and who holds. Them. Yeah, yeah. The commentators again to thank. <laughs> so yeah, they the heels are just cheating throughout this entire match. Every time they'll beat Russ down and he'll get like a big uh, comeback spot, like a double springboard elbow on the guys. He does a lot of flips actually. Like you wouldn't expect it out of this like all American wrestler type looking guy. Mm. Um, but then both Acid and Kashmir are just op- open double-teaming him outside with chair shots. Then they throw him back in the ring. Again, Russ begins countering with athletic moves, springboard moonsault. And he goes for a pin, and Dewey just flat-out refuses to count it. Yeah. And then Russ gets up all pissed, and all three guys triple super kick him. Then the backseat boys do this sort of cool uh, double-team slam in the corner. And Acid gets the pinfall here, a fast pinfall at four minutes and six seconds. So night two in the company and backseat boys are the tag team champions. Let's Pretty go. impressive, yeah. And I'm I'm happy they they are my champions. Yeah, I like them too. And, yeah. and I was sort of over the Haas Bros for now. Uh, Rob Hartog comes in though, and he cuts a promo, and I can't <laughs> couldn't tell what was happening until the commentators cleared out. But he just fires Dewey Donovan here, and then fucks him up. With this like, is awesome. It's crazy, like. He's he's just hitting him with chops, and then he sets him up for a power bomb and hits like a beautiful spin out power bomb. It's <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely wild how good he is, how good it is. Like it looks amazing. Like it, it's crazy that it comes from this guy, and also that he has the power to fire him and just hasn't. This, <laughs> like this entire time, I guess he's just been like, I'll give him one more chance. To- I I always wondered if the lead referee is just in charge of all the other because ref- they always say senior referee. Yeah. Same with like Earl Hebner back in the day. Does that mean it's like his roster of referees? Like he's in charge of hiring and firing the referees? Maybe. I mean, it looks like he is. Normally I'd say no. It's just one of those like, you know, when you're a job and like, oh, you're a senior advisor. It's like no extra pay, but you take on significantly more responsibility. He's like Dwight Schrute, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Assistant (laughs) to the regional referee. (laughs) So we get our hard cut, uh, the first one of the show. And then the announcer intros simply. This is the enforcer, Hartog. Like, they drop Rob as a name. And the commentators even signify this. He's like, he's just the enforcer now. And you're like, These kids must be so proud of him. That makes our, our job a lot easier because we constantly mix it up with Rob or Ron. Even now, I'm not 100% sure yeah. it's Rob. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to call him the enforcer from now on. Which, again, is just Arn Anderson's nickname. Oh, well yeah. Well established yeah, for yeah. decades before this. <laughs> uh, and then we get... Madman Pondo coming out, uh, and I was just happy to see this guy. And I'm like, who's he going to face? And out comes his opponent, the CZW Ironman champion, the wife beater. Oh, hell yeah. And you just knew this was going to be a violent match. It was going to be brutal. Probably between two people that aren't good people. So I was like, I don't even mind seeing them go through violence. I mean, in their real lives, I bet they're both like bad guys. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's a real wife beater, but... It wouldn't surprise me. No, if he was yeah, there. if he, yeah, if maybe like a fiance beater. I don't know if he's married. <laughs> so we get the wife beater versus Madman Pondo, and Pondo starts the match, but with a promo. And of course, uh, you can't understand it. The one thing I did understand him saying, he's like, "But I'm not your wife, so you're not gonna beat me." Like, yeah, it's pretty good stuff there. <laughs> that is pretty good. And then he says, "I hate you all," and the crowd just cheers. 
And the commentators are like, oh, only in CZW. <laughs> uh, but then Wife Beater begins just by pounding the shit out of this guy. And you see Pondo going to pull a staple gun out of his pocket. And mid doing this, like, Wife Beater can't see. So he just hits Pondo as hard as he can in the head with a chair. And then Pondo has to, like, sell and get back up and then pull it out. Yeah. And Wife Beater goes to the top rope to swing a chair at him. And Pondo ducks under and staples him in the balls. Uh, which was nice, you know, because the commentators are like, oh, now we know we can't have kids. This is great. This probably is for the best. <laughs> and then they do the It's Always sun- Sunny in Philadelphia wedgie spot where his underwear rips off. He, wife Peter must spend at least 60% of whatever he gets paid on underwear. <laughs> it's he's, it's he's a been, weird spot. Yeah, he's been giving a wedgie a lot and his, and his pants are always dirty. And, and then this was a nice twist on it because uh, uh, Madman Pondo holding the staple gun just staples the underwear to his head. Yeah, he's dirty underwear, yeah. To me, that's how you can tell these are real staples when they actually put things on them. Yeah. Not yeah. that I think CCW would fake it, but I bet, like, other companies would. That, yeah. Once you see, like, underwear hanging from a guy's head, you're like, oh, that's a this staple. This is all real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, even though it was like a, it's like a comedy spot in this violent death match. <laughs> uh, wife Peter makes this weird, like he sets up two chairs facing each other and then puts like crutches and like sticks uh, just across it. Uh, and then he power bombs Mondo. Uh, I keep calling him Mondo, but it's Pondo. It's Lobo, Pondo, and Mondo are all mixed up in my head here. Uh, and before he power bombs him through, he hits a light tube that he just had on Pondo's back and then power bombs him through. And then as Pondo's sort of leaning over the ropes, Wife Beater starts digging the light, broken light tube into his forehead. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Always just a nasty visual. At one point, Wife Feeder lays uh, Pondo's head on top of a light tube and then puts a stop sign on top of his head and just stomps it as hard as he can and the tube breaks. And I don't know if this was actually all the impact on his head, but it just looked cool and brutal. (laughs) Yeah, it looked very violent. (laughs) Uh, And then... Pondo just re- recovers and low blows him like seconds after this and then goes outside to t- set up a t- Like after getting stomped onto a light tube, he just gets up and low blows it's the guy. It's insane like, how he's still going. It's no big deal at all. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and both guys are just gushing blood from their head. Uh, and this is when Pondo grabs three light tubes and then tapes them around his body. <laughs> yeah. like, like a suicide bomber sort of. <laughs> yeah. And you just know where this is sort of going. Like this guy's going to splash this guy. Uh, but instead, they, he sets him up on the table outside and then climbs up to the same crow's nest that Wife Beater threw Lobo off a few months ago. Uh, and I'm like, this guy is not going to be able to climb up to that crow's nest. Like, he doesn't have a shred of athlete, a- athletic this ability. This is all his power. This is all his, his, his raw, fat energy. When he did, he just pulls himself up. Yeah, Like, no insane. big deal. And I was like, with three light tubes, like... Tall light tubes that came up to, like, his chin. The power of adrenaline, baby. <laughs> I was really impressed by this, actually. And then he just does a clean frog splash, and the light tubes are just gone. Like, yeah. they're disintegrated. They do. They just, like, evaporate. It's you, mad. Yeah, so this looked just brutal. And then, off camera, you only know what's going on because the commentator's telling you that Nick Gage is, like, setting up some sort of contraption in the ring as both guys are laid out. You go to the ring, he's got like three chairs set up, and then he's got like a full window. Like it's not just a pane of glass, but it has the window frame. Yeah, it's crazy. Like wooden window frame. And then he just throws Wife Beater in the ring and brain busters him through this window for an even bigger CZW chant than we just had. And Pondo just sort of crawls in and gets on top to win the match as your new CZW Iron Man champion. Nine minutes, 35 seconds. Great match. I didn't expect the title to change, to be fair. Me I neither. thought Wife Beater, like. 
I don't know. I've just not seen a lot of Pondo. Like he pops up, gets like something stapled to him, or staples something to someone, and then just disappears again. So I thought it was pretty crazy that he beat Wife Beater, but it when was it, a great match. You know, whenever you see Pondo, it's going to be almost grossly violent. Like, yeah, there's going to be some spot where you're like, ah, this is fucked up. Like, yeah, but- he, he took a lot of it though. To be fair, like the light tube when he's like digging into his forehead, I was like, that dude's skin's coming off. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, but nowhere near the bad one, like as bad as the scissors when Ian Rotten just. Cut yeah. His arm open. That was disgusting. And then Hate Club, of course, jumps Nick Gage. No help from Pondo, who just takes his belt. Like this guy who just won him the match, he just takes the belt and walks to the back. I would do the same. I'm like, well, I didn't ask you to, so <laughs> see you later, bro. And then Justice Payne is challenging Gage and Zandig to a big Japan wrestling tag team title match. And Zandig's music hits. And instead of like running down to make the save, he sort of saunters out with the microphone. And just watches them beat the shit out of Nick Gage. And I'm like, yeah, it's very when Jeff Hardy came into AEW and just like watched <laughs> his brother get beat up. But like, he just walks in. And he, I guess he's just enjoying his life. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to look badass, but it's like, dude, that's your partner. Yeah. But I was like, oh, hell yeah, Zandig's here. But oh. then I couldn't hear him. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, Zandig's here. Yeah, it's the first time we've seen him in a bit. So it was nice. Uh, and then the, I didn't realize, like, I thought they were setting up an angle for like the next show. But then Zandig does rush the ring and cleans house with two clotheslines to Justice Pan and Wife Beater. And we get the a, a impromptu tag team match for the Big Japan Wrestling Tag Team titles. Do you know much about Big Japan, by the way? No, not really. So, like, FMW would have been, like, what ECW is to Japan. And I don't know if it was still open at this time. And then Big Japan Wrestling tried to take over as, like, the leading deathmatch company. Oh, okay. So they literally are, like, the CZW of Japan. The twin, yeah, the twin cities. And they're not as big as uh, FMW, but they still are around to this day, much like CZW. Uh, So we do get this huge dive from Nick Gage to start as he flips onto all three guys. Uh, I don't know if they planned this, but Zandig hangs up Justice Payne on the top rope and then pushes him off. And Justice Payne's, like, his right foot gets caught in between the two ropes. Yeah. And he's just hanging upside down. And then Zandig just starts beating the shit out of him with a crutch. And it just looks, like, brutal. Yeah, there's, a, there's and there's also a good reminder that there's glass and light tube bits everywhere. Like, Oh, yeah. None this of, is no, There brutal. was no hard cut between this. No. This, this was right after the last match, and the ring is covered in glass. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, and some of them must just be wearing socks. Well, and I feel like, I don't know, I'm obviously not a wrestler, but I feel like it would be so much easier to take the rough glass bumps once you've already been wrestling for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. You've sort of taken some chair shots to the head and you're in it. Well, but at least like, you to can... just come in cold with no adrenaline and just bump on glass must just be fucking brutal. Yeah, and like, at least at least if you know where it is and stuff, you're prepared for it. But if you're just <laughs> yeah. like walking about and you just stand on a shard of glass, you're just like, well, shit, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, like all the most basic bumps are now 10 times shittier. Yeah. And that's funny because you see the referee put gloves on because he's actually got to do these counts and like not He doesn't want to slam his hand on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they just devolves to brawling around the ring. I think they were almost avoiding the ring because after bumping a few times they were like fuck this uh you know and zandig gets gage on his shoulders and i was like wondering what they're doing here and they get wife beater on the top rope and then nick gage they almost fucked this up because it's just too much weight and nick gage lifts up wife beater while he's on zandig's shoulders and they do a super fall away slam which actually ended up looking pretty cool yeah it did uh, Zandig gets wife beater up for the gorilla press when out of nowhere lobo who the commentary have been saying has been gone all night he got his plane ticket to New Orleans. We're not going to see that guy in CCW ever <laughs> yeah, again. They make it so obvious. Like, they don't know how to do any of that. Because, like, you're supposed yeah. to lay the seeds, not, like, 
three seconds before he shows up, you know, oh, where's Lobo, boys? It literally was about 10 seconds. Yeah, they're like, oh, there he is. Like, you're supposed to do it in the... And they've wife Peter and that have been fighting. You could have brought him up before, but it's very funny because they're just going to be like, where's Lobo? And the next sentence is, there's Lobo. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a bundle of light tubes, probably like three or four. Yeah. And so as Zandig has this guy above his hands, he just hits him in the belly with these light tubes. It's To be fair, it's a cool cameo, although it's very funny, that much like the Cashmarinos, mm-hmm. they just can't give anyone a month off. Like, yeah. it was only last month. Like, like where is he? Where's he? We haven't seen Lobo in ages. And it's like, <laughs> this is like the follow. This is immediately, immediately the show after. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and this leads to a super kick sit-out bomb uh, for a hate club, win, hate club win at 5 minutes and 16 seconds. So, and new... Uh, big Japan Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Justice Pain and Wife Feeder. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good impromptu match, to be fair, as well. Like, I give credit to the Hate Club. They're kind of, like, coming into their own as well. They're, they're, they're totally. grown on me as well. Like, well, and, like, uh, th- this is just too... Like, the match was too short to really lose interest. You yeah. Know? It was just super fast-paced, big bumps, big bumps, and then it's over. It's funny that Wife Feeder just loses a title only to get one back the very next match. He's just involved in everything in this company. He's a big star. He can't. He's like the Hulk Hogan of uh, CZW. <laughs> and I have written here, there's 45 minutes of show left here, by the way. I Like, this yeah. is all, like, feels like the main event angles and shit. 100%. And I was, like, excited, though. I was like, <laughs> 45 minutes. Oh, man, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and Justice Payne begins another pro- Promo on Zandig, and Zandig cuts um, a promo of his own. Again, just so tough. All I made out from Zandig's is the words like future, respect, belts, weapons. He ends every single one of his promos just yelling that now. Uh, to be fair, I'll give it to him this episode. It deserve- it's fine. Like yeah. pre- Sometimes you're just like, no, bro, don't do it. <laughs> You don't and, deserve it. And then uh, the commentators state that he's just made a challenge for against Lobo at the next at the first ever CZW pay per view, which is meant to happen June twenty fifth, so fifteen uh, days after this event. Which I just think it's insane that they're thinking about run, running pay per views before the internet was even like really an established thing. I'm like, who's, yeah, who's buying this? Yeah, how are they buying? Are they sending a check <laughs> to Zandig, I guess. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Then we get another hard cut, and we hear the softcore music again as Ty Street enters alone here with none of the other members of softcore. I thought that was sort of strange. He's back. Where's he been all these this time? He's <laughs> actually been away for a show or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, where's he been? Well, he's so, so forgettable too. Yeah, true. Uh, and he he grabs a microphone. I heard him say he wants to shoot, like as in this promo is going to be real, and the fans just drown him out with an f slur chant which is sort of out of nowhere it was yeah like, very odd very weird and also but also just like yeah i don't know it was bizarre and then uh nick mondo enters and he comes out and spits water in the air and everyone's like this guy rules <laughs> yeah he just looks like a star compared to like most of the other guys in this company yeah mondo can do with water what diablo or whatever he's called can't do with champagne that shows the <laughs> shows yeah. the power of mondo that is true and then out third is Mercury, and he comes out with, like, a full gimmick change. He's got, like, face paint on, and he's, like, dark and brooding, and, like, sl- like he used to be, like, a cocky athlete guy, and now he's, like, a, a The golf. crow, yeah. Yeah, the crow. It's weird. And the commentators say, you are looking at three of the more mysterious wrestlers in the <laughs> <CCW." laughs> It's just funny. Three of the more myster- mysterious in what way? I don't know. We don't yeah, know much None of them. these wrestlers have social security numbers, I imagine. So it, they're it, all mysterious. It's basically like you were looking at the three people we've not developed any character for yeah. <laughs> thus far. 
So Ty, uh, Ty gets thrown out of the ring first, and Mondo and Mercury just start exchanging flips and reversals as Ty is, like, sitting on a chair outside just watching. Uh, finally, Mercury hits a tombstone, which prompts Ty to run in and break it up with a chair. Uh, Ty Street applies the surfboard that we've seen him use before, and then Mondo comes out of nowhere with a leg drop onto Mercury while he's in the surfboard, which got some big applause. And then Ty just gets up and hits an air raid crash to Mondo, but then Mercury saves. This is like a really fast-paced, like, decent match right up I was like, what has happened? Is, where has everyone got their, like, Bane juice from and yeah. just made them into good wrestlers? Because, yeah, this is a good match. I was like, Ty Street and Mercury. Like, Mondo's great, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Ty Street and that? But no, it was, it was fun to watch, you know, from these three very mysterious wrestlers. Totally. Uh, and as uh, all this sloppy brawling is going on outside, Ty goes and grabs a table from the backstage area, because I guess the, under the ring was just out of tables, uh, as Mondo and Mercury are battling, exchanging chair shots to the head. Ty hits Mondo with a chair and then puts him on a table, but Mercury blocks him in the ring, and so Ty just gorilla presses Mercury and throws him over the top rope through Mondo, who's on top of a table. It's pretty sick. A pretty crazy spot. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And because there's no way for Mondo to protect himself either. No. You just have to just take it, basically. Uh, like, because it's another guy throwing him. Like, Mercury couldn't aim at all. I think he landed, like, on his crotch area. Yeah, you can't, like, after, like, in burnout or whatever, where you can sort of tilt the thing. He's just going for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mercury and Ty start exchanging these chair clashes, like when two guys have the sword fights with the chair, sort of. And then Mondo pops back in and hits a double drop kick, kicking both chairs into both guys' faces, which was just really perfectly timed. Uh, he throw Ty, throws Ty outside of one of the ring sides and then hits an acai moonsault right after. And then Mercury does this big reverse double elbow dive to both of them uh, outside the ring. Then in, back in the ring, Ty hits his butterfly face buster on Mercury, which looks great. And then Mondo breaks it up and hits a neck breaker. Mondo lays a chair on both men and goes to the top rope. And just as he's in the midair, Ty holds up the chair and Mondo's just crotched on it. Which sort of looked cool too. Uh, Mercury casually touches, mo- tosses Mondo over the top rope through a table. Like, it's nothing. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, you don't even see that there is a table there. It's like the timekeeper one. And he just throws him over. Mondo crash and burns. Uh, and then he pulls him, uh, puts a uh, tie on the top rope and hits a top rope RKO, which they called the Total Eclipse, uh, broken up by Mondo. What do you think of that lit name for a, a top rope RKO, the Total Eclipse? Yeah, I mean... It's all right. Total, you know, maybe they went with Total Recall first and like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know it's okay. Like he's, a, he's named after a planet. In yeah. An eclipse. Oh yeah, yeah. Mercury famously involved in the eclipses. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ty gets on the top rope, or sorry, Mondo gets on the top rope, and uh, Mercury hits him with the the green mist, and then super eclipse to pin at eleven minutes and eight seconds. Mercury is your winner here. I really didn't think they were gonna put him over. No. I, I felt like Ty was going to lose because that's sort of the story they're building with him in softcore. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed this match, though. and But you can tell, like, even though he didn't win, the crowd, like, loved Mondo the most. Like, yes. he's, like, stays out for a, a, an extra minute and, like, the crowd, like, yeah, we fucking... He's just got that charisma of a star. Like, he is a guy who, you know, and everyone always teases that they might go to a different company. Like, he is a guy that would have fit in fine in ECW yeah. at this time period. Uh, he really has the chops and the star power, so I don't think losing here actually cost him a lot. No, no, definitely not. But you know, it was a good match, though. I I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, hope to learn more about these mysterious wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> then we get our hard cut, and we come back to see the uh, full cage just surrounding the ring uh, with like half a roof. It was weird. Like, yeah, it, it literally is like on on the like there should be four panels and caged two of them are missing. to sort of the end. Yeah. 
caged to the, the middle of the <laughs> sort of the middle yeah and the commentators keep referring it to like a, as a scaffold which, which it isn't really it is just no it's like not chain link. <laughs> it's not a scaffold at all uh, yeah it's like a scaffold would be if they just did like one platform right in the middle that's like you can fall off both sides maybe. yeah but even then not really <laughs> there's been literal scaffolds in czw they should know the difference yeah absolutely uh, so we come out with Justice Payne out first, and he climbs to the top. I feel like I've seen this guy way too much on this show, I will say. Like, all of Hate Club have a bit too much of a presence on this show, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, they are, they are in it a bit too much, but I guess, I don't know, like, it is also, like, the boys. Like, they are the boys, like, and Zandig is probably best mates for them and things like that, so. Totally. I just feel like this show could be a half hour shorter, and we get, like, two less appearances from Hate Club. Oh, oh wait, yeah. Every CZW show could, even the shows that are half an hour could be half an hour shorter, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so Justice Payne climbs to the top of the cage and, and on the scaffolding to begin, and he's got a super soaker. Uh, and for, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, he looks like in one of those 90s adverts. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, running, whoa. And, and it's like, it's not even like, it doesn't even look like a gun. It's like bright yellow and like green and pink and shit. And he cuts a promo and he's like, demands that the chance the fans start chanting, Rick Blade sucks. And he threatens to squirt them with the gun if, if they don't. <laughs> so they actually do start chanting Rick Blade sucks, which I thought was funny. They're just giving in to this threat. And then he starts squirting them with the squirt gun anyway. And this is just, this whole segment probably takes four or five minutes. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just paying climbing up there and doing this shit promo. This is all just time kill. Uh, then Rick Blade and Shorty, Shorty enter. And they have cool, like, these black and red CZW shirts. Basically the exact same as the NWO Wolfpack, but it just says CZW. Yeah, and I do, I, I did want to mention, like, Hate Club definitely have the vibe of NWO. That's what I'd they're say, going for. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I With Zandig or whatever, or I think one of them should be like, you know who, wife well, Peter should be like, you know who I am, <laughs> but you don't know why I'm here. Like, <laughs> I think I think that should come next. You know, SmackDown might have said that and we just couldn't hear it. Yeah, true. Audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Hello there. It's Ben from the future here. Uh, just to warn you that we decided to give you the full CZW experience by having audio difficulties. Um, it's not too bad. It's just a bit weird. Uh, one of the mic tracks cut out. So I kind of had to boost it a bit and do some very, very rudimentary editing, um, very much in the style of CZW, and I think Zandig would be proud of me. So yeah, just to warn you for that, at some point it will go a bit weird, but you know, hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast and keep it tuned to the Wrestling Brain Network. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so they, this is for a title. I believe it's a CZW Junior Heavyweight title, but that makes no sense because we saw Trent Acid yeah, win it, that belt. Was it for a? Is it? Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't know. This is where it gets really confusing. I don't know if it was for the world title, maybe because didn't Justice Payne win that a few, a few shows ago? Like they really and the commentator, I I think they might not know because they don't specify. Yeah, no, so, I don't know. It's probably a big Japan big japan scaffolding title <laughs> but it just really goes to show like when you don't pay attention to detail like this your belts don't mean shit and I'm, yeah i'm sure they all cost a few hundred dollars to make 
And now you have too many of them and no one knows who holds them and it all just means shit. So Yeah, exactly. I, I think they will hone in again and like kind of rebuild the, the, the titles. Hopefully. Like the meaning behind it because yeah, it's just like nonsense at the moment. I love seeing Lobo destroy one. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, <laughs> just destroy it and then just do, you just have one CZW title, that's it. <laughs> so uh, the match begins and it just, right out the gate, Justice Pain runs at Blade and then he gets back body dropped into the cage in between the ropes, which always looks brutal. But then again, he just pops right up and then power bombs Justice Pain into one side of the cage and then another sit-out power bomb after. Uh, it's tough to see who's who here because the camera's just going through chain link and yeah. both guys are wearing black pants and a black shirt and, <laughs> and have similar haircuts. Yeah, and they're both, yeah. And they're both skinny white guys. <laughs> yeah, there's really like not much to differentiate them at all here. But yeah. Rick Blade should have come out with the blue leotard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the commentators are helping us here. Uh, Justice Payne does a lion salt, and then both are, like, climbing to the roof scaffolding at the same time, and they start trying to wrestle up here, and you can see, like, the whole cage shifts when it, whenever they're moving on the scaffold. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not stable. You're not stable at all, and I they start doing bumps on top of this scaffold, like... Rick Blade starts with just a basic body slam, and I'm like, I would not trust that thing no, at I all. I thought he'd immediately go through it. And like, <laughs> yeah. The is like, this is really hell in a cell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay, bro. Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, like, the, the commentators were like, this might be the most important cage match <laughs> yeah. in pro wrestling history. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Okay. Dude. Yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick Flair, Harley Race, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so right after that, Justice Payne gets up and then Brain Buster's blade on this fucking scaffold. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, this is brutal. it really, yeah. Cause like chain link would hurt, you know, you're almost sort of transfixed with like, maybe they'll fall and die, but you're like the actual bump itself just on chain link would also just fucking suck. Yeah, definitely. And also gauge, is, is it gauge on commentary as well? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. There's, there's get... a third guy on commentary who's pretty good and he just keeps going. Rick Blade's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think it was Gage then, but I do think, I think it was like a hate club member, but I, it all got very muddled. Yeah, because, yeah, he's like, I don't know who's supporting, because at one point he's like, oh, Justice Payne's going to win, and then he's like, oh, Rick Blade's kicking his ass. So I didn't know who it was. I thought it was Gage, but... Right, yeah, who, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, and then right after this brain buster, Justice Payne goes to, like, throw Rick Blade off the cage. And he does it so fast that I'm actually glad Blade was, like, on his game. Because it looks like he could have just accidentally chucked yeah. him off. And then both guys are just hanging from the top. Um, Rick Blade attempts a powerbomb, but then Justice Payne hits a really cool-looking sunset flip powerbomb back into the ring. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's genuinely really, really good. Like, yeah. And the commentators know because they say sunset flip about 12 times yeah. after that point. But it does... No, they I say he like, probably has the best sunset flip powerbomb in all of wrestling. Yeah, probably the most important sunset flip powerbomb <laughs> you've ever seen. And it does look sick. Like, it looked, and it's executed so well. Mm -hmm. and I was just like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. I was like, that was crazy. It did look great, and just yeah. looked like a brutal bump for Blade to take. And then both the guys go to the top, and it's weird. Like, Justice Payne goes outside of the cage, but he can still stand on the ring post. And it's almost like he's trying to suplex Rick Blade from inside the cage to the floor outside, which I was just praying, like, please don't do this, guys. <laughs> like, that will actually kill a guy. Uh, and instead, Zandig just sort of casually walks out, and he just reaches up and punches Justice Payne in the balls. It looks like he's actually punched him in the balls as well. Yeah, of 
course. Zandig is no bullshit artist yeah, here. Yeah, no, no bullshit. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, and then Blade takes advantage and slams Justice Payne to the inside, gets a table inside, sets Justice Payne on it, climbs to the very top of the cage like you would expect. I, I knew it would be a bump from Blade off the top of the cage at some point in this match. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, I don't know, in wrestling you're always like, whoever sets up the table goes through it, right? So I was like, oh, something's going to happen here, but... No, yeah. Yeah, you just... In fact, I didn't think this was going to be the finish of the match because it had me going all that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of the crane kick leg drop, Rick Blade hits a flawless 450 splash off the top of the cage. It looks so good. It looked great. For the win, 8 minutes, 11 seconds. The whole crowd is like in this fervor. Yeah, and to be, like, I was, I was, I don't normally say this, but I thought it was too short. And I think it probably was short because they were both fucked. From, like, <laughs> this pain especially from like... Popping up, it's throughout. You know, I don't know whether Rick Blade. Yeah, he had a matching glass. And yeah, like I don't, because I mean, they've. It's a lot of effort setting up a cage. No, you're right. For less than for less than yeah. ten minutes, it is sort of. You're right. I think if you're gonna do this big blow off sort of main event cage match, it should probably last like 15, 16 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Like it was really good. I was. I wanted more of it to be honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to be fair, nothing outlasted its its welcome here, which I think is just a benefit of this card. But yeah. we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, Zandig gets in the ring and he lifts Blade on his shoulder, almost like his child, yeah. and starts like doing circles in the ring. Blade doesn't look happy about. It. He looks like a child who's been picked up against his will, or a dog who's been picked up against his will. He doesn't look happy. And he also just looks fucked up, like a guy who's just been yeah, like a yeah. brutal like car crash. He's like, Please, bro, put me down. Like, I need to stop spinning. As this is going on, the commentators are just in full like. Jim Ross mode trying to get lines over. Yeah, and one of my favorites was Payback is a bitch, but Revenge is a motherfucker. I have that written too. Yeah, that was all. That's so such a good line. I was like, where's he stolen that from? But it's I also like, like, aren't Payback and Revenge the same thing? Like, no, is it... <laughs> no, because Payback, did you not listen to it? Payback is a bitch. Right. He's a motherfucker. Okay, I shouldn't have asked. Yeah. Uh, and then another one I have written here. This isn't WWF. It's not WCW. Yeah. This is beyond extreme. Let's see what this one has kind of been beyond extreme yeah 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 definitely like, <laughs> like to call brazenly to call out like this is like franchise and all that and like this was when rivalries were fun yes i i yeah i, I thought this all came across well yeah, and they really did put blade over as like this is our franchise guy this win means that he's like the face of czw sort of yeah, thing you, yeah zang did carry him around yeah, and then Zandig cuts a promo calling out Lobo once again, even though I'm pretty sure they already like announced that match. Smack Mac is casually walking away like piss, and he's got the super soaker, and it's almost like he's not looking at fans, but he just sprays them in the face. <laughs> he just got this one guy who was like, "Oh, like what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Uh, and then that's when the commentators give this big go home thing. June 25th, our first pay per view. Onita has accepted the challenge. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Did, didn't hear the challenge. <laughs> to be fair, wrestling in CZW, regardless, is a challenge. Like, someone, Zandig comes to you and says, do you accept the challenge? And you're like, okay, like, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah, he's accepting the plane ticket and the small amount of money we can give him. <laughs> yeah, he's accepting a challenge of living in America for two weeks on $3. <laughs> so, yeah, they just say, who else will be there? I've been Eric Ogula. He's Hitman John House. We'll see you next week. Uh, I thought, yeah, nice sign-off. It, it really hit home that having commentators was great. Yeah. And then we get a, a post-show sort of skit. I don't know what you'd call these. It's not like an interview. I'd say a skit. Epilogue. 
Uh, and it was really funny, actually. Yeah, it was. We get the night vision view of the Backseat Boys, who are just celebrating their win. And then they're like, we got to go party tonight. We got to get some girls. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, there's Ty Street. Awesome. And they go like, hey, Ty, like, let's go celebrate. We got all the belts. Like, Trent's got two belts. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. And then Ty's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, did you not see what just happened? <laughs> He's, like, offended by them, like, just not realizing he lost yeah. and not even being there. And then they're like, okay, well, whatever, Ty. Oh, there's Dewey Donovan. Let's go celebrate with him. Yeah. And then Dewey's like, oh, celebrate? I just lost my job. He's yeah, like, all I've got is this chair. He's like, I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's sick because he's got his, like, referees, like, the chair with stripes on it, which is funny. But then he gets into, like, a... A convertible. Yeah, a convertible. <laughs> I'm like... I mean, yeah, I guess you can... Uh, that's, you know, this was before the financial crash, so credit was easy. Yeah. But, like, yeah, just very funny. He's like, I've got no money. And then he, like, hops in his convertible. Well, and he throws the chair in the back seat. Yeah. Like, he's, I'm keeping this. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so then finally they're like, oh, there's Nick Burke. And it made me realize, I'm like, yeah, these two are assholes. Like, all of their stablemates took losses yeah. and got fucked up in this show. And they're just, like, so happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think this might be the Backseat Boys splitting from Softcore, but we will see. Which I think would be great, because Nick Burke is it's just too much of a domineering gimmick for them to really thrive mm. under it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've grown to like Softcore, so we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. But, yeah, I mean, though, Trent and Cashmarino, they're, they're the standouts, which I never thought I'd say about Cashmarino. Mm-hmm. Um, well, his yeah. name's Cashmere. Marino is gone. It's just Johnny Cashmere. Oh, I thought the brother. Oh, it was always Robbie Marino and Cashmere, and they. Just oh, I thought their brothers. names were Cashmere. Right? Okay, <laughs> I thought that their last name was Cashmere. Okay. Whoa, you just blown my mind, man. I'm gonna have hey, to go man. back and rewatch it. I'm a CCW historian, dude. Yeah. I know it all. Uh, so then they see Nick Burke. They want to celebrate, and Nick Burke just has like a bandage around his head and no shirt on, even though they're outside. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm glad you guys won the WWF titles." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I got to go home and watch the finale of 90210, though. Sorry, guys." And Cashmere's like, "You watched that last week." Man. Yeah, yeah. So he's just selling like concussions, and then he gets into this massive. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Like behind them, and he's like, "Where's my keys?" Yeah, it's like a weird like Tim and Eric light sketch. Like he just gets in a tra- a tractor. Because I don't think he was supposed to say WWF as well. Because they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they were selling on the concussion thing. But it's actually very funny. This whole thing was really funny. And then after a- Acid and Cashmere are just like, well, let's hit the strip club. <laughs> yeah, like, that, those are buds. Uh, and then we get a cut, and Robbie Marino, the guy we we're just talking about, who's now your backstage announcer or interviewer, I guess, is there with Rick Blade. And he's basically like, Blade, I think you want everyone's respect tonight. And Blade's like, everyone respects me. And this was this was over. This was like a 30-second promo. Yeah, he's like, oh, I always respected just his pain, but I hope I haven't. It's like, don't be a, a simp, bro. Come on. Just yeah. say, just don't give a shit about him, you nerd. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to our final assessment. And I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm feeling a bit of a historic one coming up yeah, here. Yeah, I think this is, you know, in the, in the annals of combat, you know, comics in the combat zone history. I think this will be an important show because for me, this is a two. This is two. Yeah, no higher than a two because the audio was dog shit. Um, I'm I'm cutting it right at two. Yeah, I th- I think we need to leave room to grow for well, sure. The but- audio was so bad and the booking's really bad. Like the title stuff is really hard to get over. When guys are fighting for titles and coming out with belts and you don't know what they are and the commentators yeah. aren't making it clear, you're like, this is all really dumb. And I think. I mean, that, for now, on this episode, would be, like, the cream on the top. Like, for now, it was, like, it didn't go mad. Um, 
like the all the matches were solidly entertaining and like I'm not asking for too much at well, this moment from CZW in terms of make it make sense. Like Well, I will say the title things didn't make sense, but the actual feuds did, you know. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were good feuds. They're like, doing a bit of writing and like building things. It does feel like Zandig under Team CZW is like he's got Rick Blade on his side, he's got Gage. Lobo's sort of this wild card, like he's against him now, but I don't think he's joining Hate Club, so maybe he'll come back on side. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're modeling it on, like, storylines that have worked in other wrestling things, but also, like, that's fine, like, as long as you can do that with the wrestlers that you've got. It just Eric Bischoff stole NWO from Japan, I mean, everything's been done before. Exactly, but it's good to do that instead of, like, I think Zandig was probably trying to, I don't know, just write in a weird, yeah, trying to do it in a weird way, and then... It turns out the mold is a mold for a reason. So <laughs> it, it works. Like, and it's working. And, you know, they're kind of developing a bit of momentum. And, you know, Onita's accepted the challenge, obviously. So and I assume that's going to be our next show. So. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, if you look up and down the card, I, the opener was really hot. The the main event was really hot. We had a couple good ones in the middle. All the bad shit was really short. Uh, so, yeah, two out of seven. Come on. That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Huge moment, guys. Yeah, this is a big moment. So, <laughs> Well, I hope you've all enjoyed listening. Uh, this has been an episode of Comics in the Combat Zone. Once again, I'm Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Ben Stead, at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week.